Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. On today's Patriot Nation podcast, we are discussing all of the news around the NFL, uh, a really big few days here. Uh, We're also having John Chapman on to talk the draft, and we're going to give you three more prospects this week. It's a heck of a show, so buckle up and cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands he has. Pass. Wilson, quick throw. And it's it. of a few days here uh start of the week a lot of qb news a lot of qb news i guess do you want to start off with the with the crazy trade or i think right we, should we start off with the we trade i feel like that's where we start it, right? yeah we can yeah i mean i know keegan is so happy about it he's very excited does it, about the trade. does it have relation to the patriots obviously not right they were never in the market for a deal like that but i think it uh, it does relate to them in a sense where this AFC, especially if this Deshaun Watson news, whether you take any stock in that or not, with the fact that the Steelers are in on him, if his legal situation checks out, this AFC is a legitimate gauntlet. And I know Deshaun was already in the AFC, but on a shitty team, if you get him to Pittsburgh, that's another team that's, hey, I'm, we're, they're a quarterback away from being legitimate Super Bowl contenders. Um, as for Russell and Denver... I mean, don't shoot me, but I still think they're the third best team in the division. The Chargers have $60 million in cap space, right? Justin Herbert's, I personally love him. I think he's blossoming into a top three, four quarterback in the league. Uh, That's what a franchise quarterback looks like is Justin Herbert, right? Like Josh Allen, guys like that. And the Chiefs are still the Chiefs, right? I mean, obviously they upgraded tremendously because that that was a team that was – you know, number three in the league in scoring defense, have all the weapons around them. They are a quarterback away, but there's no easy – those four teams are going to beat up on each other. Um, but, yeah, that's my initial take. I still think, you know, they're they're not Super Bowl favorites. It's not like Stafford going to the Rams where it's like, wow, this team is really – you know, he's really going to put them over the top. You know, they got a lot better, don't get me wrong, but am I 
you know, worried about them winning the Super Bowl and, you know, that, we'll cross that bridge when we get there in terms of the Patriots if they were to ever see them down the road. I, I think the there. biggest for me, the biggest thing for me that came out of this was you're starting to see, you saw it last year with Los Angeles, you alluded to it. Now with Denver, teams are just starting to get, kind of go all in. They're like, you know, the situation doesn't look too bright for the future, so why don't we just throw everything we have at trying to win right now? So you've seen two teams do it in back-to-back years. Obviously, it worked out for L.A. I don't think Denver's going to have the same fate, but who knows. But once we see teams start to do this, I think other teams are going to – it's a copycat league. Other teams are going to try to do it. And then and it, it had a ripple effect on other teams in the league. Go ahead, Specs. I think – like, I know it's different because Brady signed there, but, like, you really haven't seen – these big name quarterbacks leave their organization since Brady kind of started that trend. I think everybody looks at him and goes, wow, he can go there yeah. and win right away. Like I'm I Manning can find too. a little bit of a better situation and go win, right? Like Stafford, not Russell Wilson. Peyton I know Rogers, right? He picked around with it. Yep. I, I don't know if Brady doesn't do that. I don't know if you see a lot of this movement. I mean, I could be, you know, comparing apples to oranges here, but it sounds, it seems like ever since that happened two years ago, three years ago, whatever that was now, like it's starting to happen a lot more than it, it, it used to. Right. Well, you saw Manning a few years back, but like realistically, right. This doesn't happen very often, right? Like the Manning got hurt Indy tanked for luck. And then, you know, he left and went to Denver and they won a championship and, and played in too. You know, I just think for me personally, first of all, you said the Patriots are never in on it. Uh, if you listen to, to some sports talk shows around uh, Boston, they'll claim that the Patriots should have been in on it and should have traded Mac Jones plus picks for Russell Wilson, which is like the stupidest take of all time. It's just the laziest take of all time to make something stupid like that where Russell Wilson with two years left, he's 34 years old, like just That's shut why you don't give attention to it. Up. Pat. Shut up. That's a good point. Uh, notice how attention. I didn't mention the people. I didn't mention the people. I don't listen to them anymore. So it doesn't matter. Uh, anyways, but you know, I, I will say, like, you're right. It's a copycat league, which, by the way, everyone out there now, that's two shots for you, everyone out there. Uh, you got to take a shot every time you hear that one. Blackout drunk by the end of by the end of the night. But nevertheless, you know, you see it, right? Manning did it before, played in two Super Bowls. Brady does it, they win a Super Bowl. Stafford does it, they win a Super Bowl his first year, right? So it's like those things happen. Now we look at it and say, okay, we can go all in and get this veteran guy. And you look at it and say, hey, like, we, you know, we can do this, um, you know, and, and and win with this guy. Now, I will say, I've said that I feel like Seattle is the winner in this trade. Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily the right way to put it. I thought Big had put it perfectly. He said he thought both teams probably going to end up being the loser here. And, you know, I, I just – Seattle's a rock and a hard place for Seattle. Like, Russell Wilson's not going to play there. He's made it very clear he's not happy. And, he, you know, he says, oh, you know, I'm happy or whatever. But, like – He's made it pretty clear he's not happy there. And things were rocky there. So if you're not going to keep him, you might as well get everything you can. They got two firsts, two seconds, a fifth, and three players. Now, one of them's Drew Locke, and he's terrible. But, like, at least – but you got something. You got a decent amount back, and you can start that rebuild. That's a top 10 pick this year. And so you can start that rebuild now. It Will it ever work? Probably not, but you never know. And if you're Denver – yeah, should go all in, sure. But like you said, Spags, they're they're probably the third best team in the league and on in the AFC West. And honestly, if the Raiders can figure it out and put it together, and McDaniel's is a good coach, they might be the fourth best team in the AFC West, even with Russell Wilson. So, like, yeah, you went all in, but like, 
do you make the? They should make the playoffs, but like they until also Brady might comes not. out of retirement and plays for Vegas, right? But um, <laughs> that'd be insane. Um, in relation to the Patriots, I know we touched upon it last week. Um, J.C. Jackson, all kind of signs pointed towards this. I know there was a report today that, you know, I don't even really think they were close. Um, I think nope. you can kind of see it trending that way. Um, you know, shout out Alex Barth asking me how much Noble's paying me. Shout out Mac Jones, too. I got his T-shirt. Uh, I just got the shoes. I needed some running <laughs> shoes. So I said, I'll, I'll throw the shirt in there, too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, J.C. Jackson, right? The Get the elephant out of the room. I think we could kind of see this coming maybe a little bit sooner than, than we had anticipated. Right. I think you almost didn't want to believe it last year when it was like, wow, is this really going to be his last year in new England with how things were going? It's really unfortunate. Right. Cause I, I think you just lost a top five corner in the league uh, in, in the prime of his career um, as well as, you know, getting just a third round comp pick in return, you know, expected to at least next year. So um it's, in, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I know it's really early in the offseason. Free agency starts next week. There's certainly a lot of options in the draft, primarily early on. Um, but their top outside corner right now is Jalen Mills, who I think is more of a you know a safety. I think everybody else is on the same page with that too. Yeah, they've got a lot of things to figure out there. I think this year, and we, we talked about it last week, and I, I feel like we're kind of beating a dead horse at this point where – he, he's gone, and we all know that they're going to have to make moves, but it, it's it's a very Bill Belichick move, very Patriots move to where it's kind of – they're going to let this guy go. They're going to get the comp pick. But I, I have faith that they can figure things out to where that's not going to be a thing that we're, we're harping on for the, the entire year where the secondary looks terrible and all they needed to do was re-sign J.C. Jackson. I think they can cobble things together long-term. I think it was a bad move just because if you can lock up a number one guy for – a length of time you want to do that but I think they'll be able to cobble things together I think there are a lot of other things that they need to focus on fixing right now and then that they can put a band-aid on that for a little while and then move forward I know Pat wants to just no, I can't honestly really I just I went on a rant last week I just I don't have it in me I don't have I'm just exhausted I'm exhausted by well, the Patriots I mean right like you, you have every right to be but me. I think give give it some time too because there could certainly pull some strings. There could be a trade. There could be a signing. There's some intriguing outside corners um, on the free agent market, obviously not to the caliber of, of right. JC Jackson, right? They could turn around and draft Andrew Booth or, or a McDuffie or, or a Kair Elam, somewhere like that. And you kind of reset the clock, right? They're not going to come in and be JC Jackson. Like we talked about last year, but you know, year two, year three, you get that fifth year of control. If you take him at 21, you know, Next year, two years down the road, it might be just kind of a little bit of a bump in the road. But at the at the moment, listen, you're 100% yeah, right. No, and you're right. And, and listen, it's not even about letting J.C. walk. Like, J.C. walks, you don't want to pay him $20 million a year or $22 million a year, whatever he's going to ask for. You don't want to pay him, fine. That's fine. You knew this had been coming for two years. Like, two years ago, you knew this was coming. And if I had told you after the 2019 season when J.C. Jackson had won defensive, defensive player of the year in 2019 – and J.C. Jackson, I'm sorry, Stephon yeah. Gilmore had won Defensive Player of the Year in 2019, and J.C. Jackson was like coming along as a, as a solid corner, and now has led the NFL in interceptions since 2019. If I had told you at best you were going to get a third and a sixth round pick in the 2023 draft for those two guys, and that neither of them would be on your team in 2022, 
uh, we would have just been flabbergasted that you could have screwed it up that that much. And you know, I mean, it's it literally. And I mean, I I just the 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 Gilmore one kills me so much. Like I just I I hey, uh, I I do it for the fans. Your, hold your breath I do it on to that. The fans, Matt. He, by the way, could he could he come back? He's a free agent. You never know. Doubt, highly doubtful. I mean, you never know. Highly, highly, highly doubtful. I don't know if his market's going to be what he expected. Obviously, the quad, yeah, and that whole thing there kind of, I think, probably changed their perspective and and changed the outlook on. Oh, did you, you hear Rapport said? Rapport said he played great in in Carolina. So if Ian Rapport said he played great in Carolina, then he must have played great in Carolina. I, and so I therefore, didn't he's watch him contract. enough to be able to. to he didn't. To, he didn't play great in Carolina. Was, I'd take him back. Like you got an outside oh, corner, too. Yeah. two-year deal, you know, like and, and groom the other kid. You're kind of re, you're kind of in the same situation you were three years ago with JC. Right, right. Uh, the Patriots have an opportunity to do what Carolina did when they got him, which was make him the number one kind of in the short term while you groom a number one, which was JC Horn, who before he got injured looked like yep. a world beater. You know, yeah. The Patriots have an opportunity to do the same thing. Steph looked like a, a really good number two last year. He did not look like himself, which we talked about. Like, has there ever been a 32-year-old cornerback or, I guess, 30-year-old cornerback coming off of a major injury that's looked great? No, there hasn't. Right. The Patriots right. fumbled that situation, but let's not act like he went out and won Defensive Player of the Year again. He did. He was he was fine. No, and, and that's all true. Again, that's all true, and I'm not saying – but again, like – you walk into 2020, Brady leaves, you know your team isn't going to be as good as as it was, and you look at it and say, we got to choose between these two guys. Let's make a decision now, right? Let's trade him at the trade deadline. Let's trade him before the season happens. Let's trade him at the draft and see what we can get for him. Gilmore just won Defensive Player of the Year. And maybe maybe you didn't want to trade him at that point, but still, like, you know, it, anyways, it comes it, I, I, to, I don't want to go down this whole route. No, it doesn't. And it, But it comes back to the quad, I think, how that changed things. Like, they would have had both of those guys this year, right? Gilmore gets right. hurt. Would he have played under that contract? Would he have, you know, sat out like he did? Who knows? Who knows how healthy he was? Could he realistically have been ready for week one or week four? He came out he immediately on? after he got traded and said, they didn't handle my quad the way I wanted it to be handled. So there was obviously some strife there where he wanted it handled one way. They wanted it handled another way. I think that had something to do with the fact that he wasn't ready until after the trade deadline to play because he just felt like he wasn't ready because the Patriots were having him, like he said, they were having him run every day and put a bunch of strain on it. So I think that had a big reason to do with why he didn't play because if he went and did it, did rehab his way, maybe he feels more comfortable to come out and play earlier than he did. Another big yeah. topic this week, and we can kind of, you know, I think this does relate to the Patriots because whether there was real interest or not, I think they probably would have floated the idea around. It maybe it would have been out of their asking price, whatnot. Calvin Ridley, uh, <laughs> jumping the gun, Keegan. Bobby Wagner's next. But Cal- <laughs> Calvin Ridley obviously suspended for the entire 2022 season uh, for gambling issues. Pat, I have a completely different uh, take than you. I think the year-long suspension is a little much, right? Like I really do, considering... All the other issues we've seen um, throughout the league the last 10, 15 years, right, where guys are getting two to four games for doing way more worse stuff. But I think with the gambling situation, if you were to open it up for a two to four game suspension, it's opening a can of worms with these guys, right? Like the NFL is in bed with these gambling, like DraftKings, you know, all this stuff, right? Like they, they chose to partner with it. It's in your face every single Sunday. It seems like every other commercial or ad is for DraftKings, FanDuel, stuff like that, right? But 
I think if you open the floodgates with something like this, where Ridley gets four games or eight games, like, is that really driving home, you know, like, Hey, you can't do this because right. Like who knows if you can really, I think unless you're a kicker or like a quarterback, somebody who has the ball or like has a big moment at the end of the game is it's probably really hard to fix games, I, I guess. But I think if you don't have a severe suspension in place, it can really open up a can of worms for some of these guys that may run into it. That's my only take with it where it's, it, it, yeah. there's really no middle ground with this whole situation. Like I, I understand where you're coming from, but at the same time, it can get a little dicey on both sides. I listen. I get. I get your point. I think it's one hundred percent valid. And I think, like, under normal circumstances, a thousand percent, one thousand percent, agree with you. The thing is, is that he was on the NFI list, which means he was. He had zero contact with the team. He wasn't playing. He wasn't at the team facilities. He was not there. And I know we, maybe you could say, oh, he had inside knowledge of the team, this and that, blah, blah, whatever. He also did, from what it sounds like, he did three parlays, a three-team parlay, a five-team parlay, an eight-team parlay. Those of you that are not familiar with gambling, you have to hit all of the – you pick three games, all the three games have to hit. You pick five games, all the five games that hit. You pick eight games, all the – he's just messing around. Like, Should have been suspended he, for an eight-game parlay in the first. Uh, yeah, game, so right, for sure. But, but but you know it's, it's one hundred dollars too. Yeah. Well, the total. He said now a total of fifteen hundred dollars. Oh, that's but still. Me, it's like, I know he's an NFL player, but Jesus Christ, dude, relax. Like, so those guys, that's like a job in the bucket. Throw ten bucks on there. Or something. You know what I mean? I know. That, but wild. But the, my my thing is, you know, the issue that I have is that he's not there, right? So I thought half a season might make sense. I get it. Listen, I get that they got to come down on it. But it's just when you start looking at it and you're like, oh, yeah, Ray Rife beat his wife on camera. The NFL starred and was like, eh, two games. That's fine. Or the NFL had to. Never played a snap again, though. That's true because the, because the video came out and, and yeah. the public. And so this is where it comes back to public perception. Then it comes out and the public perception switches and they say, ah, see you later. And he never comes back. Right. Kareem Hunt kicks a girl in the face and then gets suspended. And now he's playing again. Right. So it's like. Those, those are the types of things where you look at it and, you know, I understand. I get it, right? I get it. And it's never going to be black and white. But this is one of those situations where, like, hey, you know, you can't gamble. You just can't do it, right? Don't be stupid. And I think that I think that that's part of it, right? But then you go back and look at Leonard Little killed someone drunk driving and got eight games. Dante Stallworth killed someone drunk driving and got a year. So, like – that's the type of stuff where it's like you start looking at it and you're like, bro, he he gambled. Yes, he did. He shouldn't have done that, obviously. But he was an idiot and he was not even doing it right. He's not even like he's not can't be fixing games. It's a parlay. Even if he wins his parlay, how could he win? You know what I mean? So that's the other part of it for me that I look at it and just say, like, you know, he's dumb. He's stupid. Clearly should have been suspended. I thought maybe for half the year instead of the full year, but Ultimately, it is what it is. I just think the NFL is so hypocritical all the time, anyways, that you know he just and just Dark Blue Gold said a, this is he a bet on the Falcons. Situation. So, yeah. like you know, cut him some slack. I mean, Jesus, I know. Christ, he bet I, I think, too, like I said, though, it's just no. I get it. Listen, too, you're right. You're right. Awful. Ultimately, you're right. Like he he has to be suspended, and you know, suspending him for the full year sets the precedent that you can't do this. Right? We're get we're we're partnered with the gambling sites now. And so, you know, we know that you know, a ton of our viewership comes from gambling. And so you can't do this. Like, 
hard line in the sand. You can't do it. Guys are going to do it anyways, but don't be like, do it through your friend, not through your own account. You freaking moron. You know what I mean? Like what's wrong with you? So they suspend him for the year and he's, and he's done for the year. And so, uh, yeah, there goes that. He's Calvin Ridley's not playing with the Patriots this year. So maybe they, maybe they get a discount. Maybe they trade for him on a discount. You never know. For a sixth, who says no? I don't have a strong opinion on it. Um, <laughs> if there's a written rule and you break the rule, you get punished for it. Um, who knows if there was? I don't know, so I'm not going to give an opinion because I don't know all the facts. Uh, so right. we'll move into what I jumped the gun on. Sorry, Spags. Uh, Bobby Wagner to New England? Who knows? Because Bobby Wagner, after, what was it, nine years, ten years with Seattle, you know, all-time yeah, franchise seasons, player yeah. for them. Um, he gets released was due to make a ton of money. And then there's another guy as well, Jordan Hicks, who got released from Arizona. He was kind of the odd man out. They drafted two young linebackers. Now they, they finally feel ready to kind of go forward the, with those two guys. So two, one, you know, future hall of fame linebacker, another one who's probably one of the better linebackers in the NFC along with Wagner, um, two, two really good players that are available. They're probably going to cost you a little bit if you want them, but in a year where new England needs to kind of, make over that linebacker room completely. Uh, it's not a bad year to have these guys on the market. No, it's not. And I think everyone looks at the age, right? He's certainly on the back nine of his career, but he's still an elite football player. He's played in at least 15 games every year since 2015, a pro bowler, whether you take that much stock in that or not the last nine years. All pro. Yeah. yeah all, pro, all pro. What? Like year. six out of the nine years there. Like this yeah. dude's a baller. One of the best linebackers of the last 10 years of, of the, of this generation, I guess you could say. Uh, certainly helps him. The question is, what's his price? And do they still have the pull where, hey, you know, let take a little bit less, come win a championship? I, I don't know if they do right now because there's teams in the AFC that I think are, are higher than them. You know, somewhere might be able to get a little bit more money, be on a little bit of a better team, like a Cincy, maybe the Chargers, somewhere like that. Um, I think there's a certain fit here. There's certainly a need. He'd come in and be their middle linebacker and play all three downs and probably lead the team in snaps because he stays on the field. It's ultimately going to come down to him and his price. At. They'll be interested in him. I'm sure they'll kick around with it, but I don't know if, the, if he necessarily want, would want to come here for, for the price that, I mean, look at their one of the cool things like they can't. about him is like Richard Sherman, he's his own agent. Like he doesn't have an, an agent. Um, so pretty much the decisions on him, there's no outside influence. Uh, which I think is cool, especially when you're dealing with free agents, because it's a lot easier to convince one person to come to a place than it is to convince like yeah. a, a team of people. Um, and, and he, you know, he said before when he re-signed with Seattle, he was like, I, "This is a loyalty thing." Um, they drafted me, they gave me my opportunity. I I love this city, whatever. So now that he's gone from there, I wonder if he's going to value the money and try to make up the money that he maybe lost, giving them a hometown discount, or if he's kind of that's who he is as a person where he values a role and a leadership role on a team and a place where he can win. I, I do. I think it's very interesting. People will just write it off because he's a, an all pro and he could make a ton of money if he wanted to. But I do think it's interesting because there is such a fit. Uh, he's him and comparing him and Dante Hightower is ridiculous. I'm not going to do it, but if you wanted to plug somebody into that role, he'd be a hell of a person to plug into that role where you're upgrading from prime Hightower with this guy right now. So uh, that that is tough, taking a pick before Wilson. And then with Hicks, you just released Kyle Van Noy, which we haven't even talked about. We'll jump on that as well. Yeah, Just released Kyle Van Noy. Jordan Hicks is like him and Kyle Van Noy are very similar players. Um, he, he's just a better version of Kyle Van Noy. So you could upgrade at two spots 
this offseason. So that's why I wanted to bring it up today because I just felt it was very interesting that you could upgrade those two spots. Yeah, I would love Wagner here. And I'll tell you what, anyone who played Madden in the last few years, Madden 2020 and Madden 21, this man, okay, was like unstoppable. I had we I played in an online di- dynasty with my cousin who probably isn't listening, but might be. You never know. And he had like 22 force fumbles one year. It was just foolish. He'd go over the middle, and I'd just hit stick him, and it'd be automatic fumble because it was Bobby Wagner. And he hated playing me. So I was a Seahawks, obviously, and had Wagner and like monster, absolute monster, unbelievable. Wagner is just like that guy. So I see him, and I still think like that's that's what I go back to is Madden. So uh, so that. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I'm like, okay, I'll take it, you know? So, uh, and like you said, he's all pro last year. So the guy, the guy still has it. He may not be the player he once was, but he's still really good. Uh, and so it would certainly be an upgrade for the Patriots. So, all right. So let's get into our, uh, our guest. We're going to bring him in here. John Chapman. J- John does a whole bunch of things, man. And uh, we're very excited to have you on John. We have, what I want you to talk about first, before you talk about this stuff, is what you have going on on draft night. I'm like, I'm super excited to watch it. I, uh, I, I considered going, but then I was like, I, my wife would would probably murder me. So I was like, I probably can't do that. But uh, it sounds like the coolest event ever. So, so hello, thank you for coming. And uh, and just before we get into the draft stuff, just let us know what's going on draft night. Well, man, first off, you sexy gentlemen, uh, it is wonderful to be back uh, again with you guys. Um, yeah, always a pleasure. I think this is four or five years in a row, Pat. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, getting we're there. getting up there. And so look at us, man. Uh, we're, we're growing old together, my friend. I know, right? Uh, I know. We So I'm pretty excited about this, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm putting a little worm in your ear right now, Pat. I'm hoping you join us next year. So I'm, I'm going to already okay. kind of like partner this up a little bit. But we're throwing basically, you know, I do the 49ers Rush podcast, and we rented out a club in Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. And we went ahead and, you know, I'm on a teacher's salary. So I, I brought out the big guns and we got Fred Warner and Elijah Mitchell to come out and party with us. Uh, they're going to be taking photos and doing autographs. And we've got, you know, mostly it's all Niners and NFL draft podcast, uh, but we're going to be broadcasting live for several hours, day one and day two. And yeah, really excited about this. So if you know anybody that is a 49ers or just NFL draft fan that's going to be in Vegas, Send them to 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. Get some tickets. That's unreal, uh, man. That's it's going to be a good That's time. Cool. That is yep. cool. It's legit. Our boy's going legit. You know what I mean? Yep. That's Love the it. plan, man. That's the plan. <laughs> I was going to say, you got to be on day two because no day one picks for you guys over there. We, so to, you not gotta, currently. You got to keep the day two right? content. Yeah, right? And so, yeah, we, we've got the day one. We're bringing in the big studs. Um, and then day two, it's going to be a lot more, you know, draft content with the picks. But, you know, I got to be honest with you. It, it, I've I'm glad that I'm on with you guys because right now I am on Jimmy G Trade Watch, which all of you have been on before. Mm-hmm. So yeah. can you walk me through this portal? Um, wh- what what's what's to happen next, guys? Like when when you found out Jimmy got shipped across the country, were y'all pissed or were you happy back then? If you could jump back to your five year old uh, five years ago. Don't believe anything until it's final because I think we were all convinced he was a brown for like five months. And yeah. then all of a sudden he was in San Francisco. So yeah. don't believe a damn thing until it happens. No, I mean I I remember I yeah, I was in college. When was that? 2017, right? So Yeah. I was in high school. So yeah, I was happy because I I knew he was going to a good situation and then he played well, right? But 
yeah, we had you on last year, a few weeks before the draft, and we were trying to – I was on the – you know, I didn't think there would be a quarterback there at 15. I thought maybe they'd trade up, right? They ended up standing pat and, and I think hit the lottery uh, with Jones at that slot for that value. Um, but I was on board for to trade for him kind of as your bridge guy. I know we, we went back and forth about that. But I have to ask you a question because I think last time we had you on – you were kind Uh-oh. of against the Mac Jones at three. You weren't. You weren't for it. It was. It was all Trey Lance. I know you had been banging that drum for for a year before they even traded the pick. That whole year. Which well, shout out to you because that's crazy. Uh, but where would you slot him in this year? Like, would you would you think longer and harder at three if if you kind of did the redraft and you knew what you knew now? I'm I'm always curious because obviously we haven't seen much of Lance, right? This is kind of a, you know. Uh, we'll see what you're banking on the potential, right? But what you've exactly. seen from Jones, would you think harder? Um, first off, yeah, you got to give a hats off to Mac Jones and what he was able to accomplish. Uh, dude's a beast. And, you know, I really, you know, looking at the quarterback class, I don't think there's an argument for the two top quarterbacks that came out of that class. Now, Trey, again, huge unknown question marks, whatever, but what we've seen in practice and the fact that again, you had Jimmy, you traded up for him and now you're letting, you're pushing Jimmy out the door literally because of what they have in Trey Lance. They're happy. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, if you're just looking at production last year, you have to go Mac Jones for sure. But I'm going to do a little bit of, you know, walk the fence here. Yep, I think for uh, the yeah. 49ers, it works out much better. I, I think it's a perfect fit for both. I, I think Trey Lance will succeed better with the 49ers. I think Mac Jones would succeed better with the Patriots. The systems fit both of them much more to a T. Um, so I'm happy. If I had to repick right now, uh, I'm, I'm sticking with Trey Lance. But if I couldn't, then it would be Mac Jones, one hundred percent. All right, we'll, we'll meet in the middle there. Nobody yeah. lost. We're good. You would, we're you good. would assume if you're the Jets, you'd probably be taking Trey Lance or Mac Jones over Zach Wilson. But I, I don't mean, think. I mean, if you're looking at Justin worst Fields. years, Trevor Lawrence had the worst year, and it's not yeah. even close. Well, not right. even of the first round picks. You throw in. He Dan also Smith. had Urban Meyer, though. That is kind of you know what I mean. That is true. But that you're right. Yeah, you're it's right. Not his fault. At all. He went into the worst right. situation. And we talk about it every year. I mean, last year we talked about it, Spags. Every time we have a guest on, we talk rookie quarterbacks. 99% of their yeah. success has to do with the fit. It, it doesn't really have anything to do with them. You you drop, you know, prime whoever into this Jets team, they're not going to win very many games. They're not right. going to look very good. Peyton Manning sucked his rookie year because that team was right. terrible. And they got better with him. So it, it's all about fit. And, and you mentioned it as well with Mac fits better in New England. If he went to San Francisco last year and didn't play, that's a wasted year because he was ready to play right away. Right. Exactly. So, so, so speaking so, of Jimmy G, I, I you know, if, if we if we fat if we rewind even a little bit more, not not past 2017, but uh to 2020, when we go into the 2020 season and Tom Brady is a free agent, the word was he wanted to sign in one place and one place only, and San Fran said, nah, we got Jimmy G. We're good. Peace out. Uh, can you believe that they did that and then used all of their draft capital the next year to trade up for a rookie quarterback? Uh, and and now we're going to send Jimmy packing. Because, by the way, I don't think there's any doubt in anyone's mind the Patriots would have traded for Jimmy G had he signed there. Right. Uh, Swap him back. Correct. And so it just like I, I, I'm still blown away they did it. You know, th- two things. One, that 49ers team in 2020 wasn't winning the Super Bowl with Jimmy, with Tom Brady. That was the year everybody got hurt. And again, you could play all the what-if games, which are fun. 
And right. yeah, Tom Brady is 100% better than Jimmy Garoppolo right now, right? And so that need like, I think 49ers fans, and I might have been guilty of this, were so caught up in, man, we just lost the Super Bowl. Jimmy did, you know, he got us there. He's got some deficiencies, but we like the future, right? The long-term thing. Right. Uh, you know, already Garoppolo was, you know, Gandalf the Grey. And so, like, but he just kept going. Um, and so we were wrong there as a fan base. I was wrong. Uh, 100% should have went with Tom there, even if we wouldn't have won the Super Bowl. Uh, last year, we would have won the Super Bowl. You just right. swap out Jimmy For and sure. Tom Brady. We were winning the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. It just wouldn't have been in 2020. Yeah, that hurts, man. That hurts. So, sure. John, to shift over to the draft, you've been doing a lot of great stuff. I love your film breakdowns. Um, Thank you. Just curious from a Patriots perspective, right, because this is kind of what we've been discussing. They're at 21 54, and then obviously the, the official picks haven't come out, but say like 85, 125. New England typically likes to have four to five picks inside that top 100. Um, obviously, J.C. Jackson's out the door. You guys seem pretty interested in him. Let's see if that's a fit financially. Um, some corners at 21, and we talked about this last week. We're probably going to be talking up about this up until the draft. Um, I think we're pretty much sold here as a, as a, as a podcast on Andrew Booth, considering the value and the tools that he provides uh, certainly looks like he has the potential to be a top five corner in the league might take him some time. I think he's a little raw, um, but other guys that, you know, catch your eye that, that might make sense at that slot as well. You know, I, I put, I, I've been all Patriots all day today. Uh, I got a couple breakdowns in, but I've, I've just been, you know, uh, jumping into you guys and I 100% think, and again, Y'all going to trade back. I really think that's going to happen unless you get a stud to fall, and I'll go over that in a second. But you guys only have five picks, right? You got your first through fourth round original picks, and then you got a sixth. You're trading back. And I one of my favorite things about Bill Belichick, and he 100% understands, and this year is the biggest example of this ever since I've done the draft. This is year 11 for me. If you look at, I only have uh, 14 first-round grades currently. 14. That's it. One of the lowest I've ever had. Um, last year, I had 22. This year, I have 14 currently. Now, that could change as time goes on. But I already have 36 second-round grades, and it's growing. Like, th this is the biggest, um, I, I don't know the quite word. Like, the saying is jack of all trades, ace of none. This is a queen or king of all trades. Like, this draft is just, man, it is so heavy from 15 to 60 you're just it's right. the same graded player so whenever you're sitting there at 21 and you don't pick again till 54 and then 85 right as you just said why stay there and so i tried to make a case for both of these one bill belichick trades more than anybody i think he's moving back why would he stay why would the patriots stay at 21 i think if one of the stud wide receivers fall but even then i'm like you know what I don't know. Maybe if it's one of the Alabama, you know, uh, if you get Javonta Williams falls, but the injury, uh, obviously you have the Alabama connection there. But even with the wide receivers, they're so deep, you're going to get whatever you want there. I think my, again, and this is, I'm going to tip my hat here a little bit. One of my favorite cornerbacks in this class is out of Washington, Kyler Gordon. I know most sites oh, yeah. have him rated, you know, late 20s to 30s. I don't give a damn. I'm telling you right now, Bill Belichick loves this kid. Whenever I was watching the film, and again, you, you jump on because Washington has two corners. They have Trent McDuffie, and they have Kyler Gordon. Love both of them. But the whole time Kyler Gordon's playing, I'm like, this is a Patriots corner special. The whole time. 
Um, and I'm grading this through a Niners, you know, focus or whatever. But the whole time I'm like, dude, this kid, I'm telling you, he is exactly what Bill Belichick like loves in corners. He can do it all. He's a big bodied guy, uh, built like a damn running back. I, I feel like, you know, he's exactly what you would want in a running back body. But he's quick shifty and does it all. So that's one of the guys I think at 21. And then obviously Devin Lloyd. If Devin Lloyd's there. Uh, out of Utah, the linebacker. I think you guys, that's probably one of the biggest needs. And y'all run one of the more linebacker, I don't know, specific or maybe needy defenses in the NFL. And, you know, with what's going on in free agency, we'll have to see. I think we'll get one of your linebackers back. I don't think you're going to get them both back. I don't know where you guys fit on that. Um, but I think you'll get probably one of those right. guys back. Yeah, it's not, uh, that feels right. That feels right. I think trade back, but I'm telling you, the two guys that I would put, like, I had a whole list of six, and I was like, no, that's cheating. Let, let's go out on an island there. Uh, Kyler Gordon, Devin Lloyd. And I know people are saying, oh, that's a little too early for Gordon. I don't think so. I, I There's not going to be one team in the NFL that doesn't have him on the board. There's so many corners in this draft that are, like, tall and rangy and not the best change of direction, and a lot of teams will have them off of their board completely. Kyler Gordon is on 32 out of 32 boards, and he's going to be valued. I like it. I like that. I love we like I Kyler Gordon around here. So. Yeah, he's you mentioned fun, Kyler man. Gordon's name, so I had to look it up. Uh, December 5th, 2021, a tweet from at Keegan Stiefel, your boy. I'd like to let it be known that I found my 2022 NFL draft crush. Kyler Gordon, DB out of Washington, is a crazy good athlete. With It goes on. I've loved this guy. I mean, him and Andrew Booth, I, I kind of have. Those are the only, I think those are the only two corners that they're going to value in that 21 to maybe trade back in the second round, that range. And knowing that they're going to need one because J.C. Jackson's going to end up somewhere getting paid a crazy amount of money. Like, yeah. one of those two guys is going to be a Patriot. I'm convinced of it. Uh, so yeah. I, I'm really glad that somebody else is on the same board with me. Because, Dude, he's a baller, uh, I, man. I thought I was crazy. Not crazy. So, not crazy. So the Patriots do need do need a wide receiver as well right now, uh, feels like. And you know what? Dark Blue Gold mentioned about Kendrick Bourne. And I, we can get into Kendrick Bourne, too. But um, I, I, I I liked what I saw from him. But I think we can kind of all agree he's not a number one, right? No. I think he's a really good complimentary piece. But they need kind of that number one guy. So you mentioned Jamison Williams obviously coming off the ACL. Drake London's a guy who scares the crap. I mean, I would think J Drake London and Traylon Burke scare all of the Patriots fans because of the Nikhil Harry experience, right? Where you look at Drake London and you look at Traylon Burks, and everyone thought Burks was going to run really fast at the combine, where everybody ran fast and he ran slow. And so it becomes very concerning for Patriots fans to look at it and say, like, oh, we don't want those guys. Like, this is going to be bad. So uh, I, I'm curious your thoughts about, you know, who's who do you think is the best wide receiver in this class and who do you think will be the best fit for the Patriots coming in here? Um, you know, they're obviously in need of, of a slot wide receiver as well, but who's going to be kind of that game changer to come in, do you think, for the Patriots? So, number one, I'm going to go against what you said just here. My number one wide receiver is Traylon Burks. That's my number one in the class. I love the dude. Maybe it's because I'm a Texas Longhorn fan and he totally baptized our entire defense on national TV. <laughs> uh, and I still have like remorse on that. But I, I think that he has something that other that a lot of these wide receivers don't have. And again, you brought up Drake London as well. I don't hold Drake London in that regard. I really, really don't. I think they're different types of wide receivers. But you look at your wide receiver core, you're right. You got a bunch of twos and threes, right? Um, not that that's a bad thing because your tight ends and what you have, it kind of works. 
But I think the wide receiver that completely fits what it is you guys want to do is Chris Olave, who has a strong chance of being there. Um, I'm not the biggest Olave guy. However, I'm not the biggest Aguilar guy. Um, I'm Slander. not the biggest. Uh, it's, a big, it's a big Keegan podcast today. Yeah, Keegan's Junior's <laughs> two guys. He's he's an Alave guy through and through. I like Alave, but again, like again, I'm a Niners guy. Yards after the catch. That's our mo. That's everything we build. Chris Alave is Wilson, a seven maybe. on seven wide receiver. He's going to create space before the pass, not after the pass. He's not breaking tackles. He's going down, and and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, there there's a reason why Jacoby Myers didn't score a touchdown for you know 50 years. Because, again, once the ball's in his hands, he's going down. And, again, that's not an insult. Myers right. is great. Olave's great. That's why whenever I look at these teams and I see, like, John Mechie, I see Olave. Those guys make sense. Now, do you go back and you say, you know what? We got burned uh, <laughs> with, with the big-bodied wide receiver, which you guys did. And thank you, by the way, because the Niners were going to draft him over Debo uh, <laughs> if he fell. So uh, just want to say you guys yeah, – you're welcome. Simpatico. We appreciate you guys. The Herman Herm Edwards connection with ASU uh, has worked out all right for us, but, man, they love going with coaches that they know. Um, but there are some bigger-bodied wide receivers that you can get late. And so if you guys do go corner or linebacker in Christian round Watson. one, there he is, uh, yeah. Trey Lance's boy. I've seen so many games of Christian, uh, Christian Watson now. All the Niners fans were hoping he was going to be there at 61, which is our first pick currently. I don't think that's even remotely possible. Trey, Not after possibly. his combine. I don't no even shot. think he's going to be there for you guys. But, again, trade Bro, back in the was first. 6'4", 210, and ran a 4. What did he run officially? 4 three, six? Like that's yeah, four, four, three, eight, I think. That's, un that's, that's not human, man. And it goes beyond that. You look at his vertical. You look at his yeah. arm length. You look. He had it all. He had it all. So his explosion metrics were like on par with the best of all time at, at yeah. the combine. It's unreal. He was a fun watch, man. And again, every Niners fan, like half of my emails, Christian Watson, what do we got to do? What do we got to do? What do we got to do? I was like, eh, you, you got to become a fan of another team because it's probably not going to happen, unfortunately. Right. Uh, you never know. You never, maybe, maybe you trade Jimmy G and get an early second round pick, and there it is, right? I, I'd be okay with that. I would be okay with that. So, I like it. I like it. So, um, so I guess. Well, so you already said that's your second second round guy. You think uh, Christian Watson, if he's there, John Mechie, I think is a guy that can get in the second round. Sky Moore is a guy who, I, who I've talked about. I talked about last week. I'm high on him as well. Um, it, it seems like it's a fairly deep class in super wide receiver, deep. right? Yeah. Uh, super D and this draft, it's weird because wide receivers. And again, you're hearing all the national pundits and Daniel Jeremiah, they're going to be deep forever because that's just what's being put out at the high school level. That's what's being put out. The college say, level. These kids are playing sevens at nine, right? right. Like, oh my right. God. They grow on yeah. trees now. They really, really do. And so wide receivers, they're going to be a plenty every year. But if you're looking at the positions that perhaps don't usually have as much depth edge, which is gigantic. I know you guys probably don't uh, value or have a gigantic needed depth. Um, it doesn't seem to be the way that you guys draft near as much, much more of a corner focus, secondary focus, um, which, you know, again, Niners, we're all linemen. You guys are all secondary kind of, and it's, you know, right. pick your poison. I think both work. It's just be dominant at one. You can be mediocre at the other, and then you can cover up some of those holes. Um, but corner and offensive tackles and edge class, like that's where it is. 
And so linebackers, ah, they get rough. They get rough, and you guys have a dire need there. So do you draft the area that perhaps is a little more scarce early because you can load up on depth at these other positions late? Or do you say, screw it, best player available, which I don't really believe is a Belichickian thing that he does. No, it isn't. Um, And again, I think that's stupid. If you want to do best player available, you end up with Jordan Love and a quarterback controversy and a whole bunch of other stuff on freaking Pat McAfee show. So, like, that's not the way to go. Uh, I don't think that works in the real world. Um, Yeah. So you can comment BPA all you want in our comments. It doesn't help your cause. I'm just going to be honest. (laughs) No, it's a good point. It is. It's a good point. And and, uh, the one other thing I wanted to ask you, and you talked about, you know, being dominant at one or the other. And, of course, the Patriots – Lost Gilmore, lost J.C. Jackson in all likelihood. Uh, hopefully we're bringing Devin McCourty back, but certainly their secondary is not going to be what it was, um, you know, the last few years. I'm curious about your thoughts on, you know, the defensive lineman class. And if if at, you know, 21 or even if you end up trading back, if there's a guy there that the Patriots might just say, screw it, you know, a, a Jordan Davis type guy or, you know, or somebody like that, you know, whether it's a uh, Carl Loftus or someone like that, that, you know, is that 21 that they say, you know, forget it. We're going to be dominant up front. So you can't throw the ball on us because we're going to be in the backfield in you know, in, in a second and a half or two seconds and, and forcing you to, uh, you know, to get rid of the ball early, which, which is going to help out our, our secondary. Uh, you know, curious about your thoughts about guys like that and, and who you think might fit, you know, with the Patriots. You know, it, it depends on it. Karloftis is fun because he's kind of, you know, his metrics don't look like Eric Armstead, right? But that's what he is. He's an edge interior hybrid player that can move all over the place, play in even odd fronts, doesn't really matter. He fits every single team. And so with somebody that does so many multiple um, defensive fronts like you guys do, it makes so much sense. What's he going to do, though? I think there's going to be some teams that are going to have him as a, you know, a top three defensive line uh, potential guy. And some teams, you know, it might be a little bit uh, lower on him. But I don't think that he's the type of guy that falls. I just when, – when you look at these guys, you know, you've got Trayvon Walker, which I think, again, he's an interior guy only – but I think Trayvon Walker, um, I would probably put Karloftis in there as well, and Jermaine Johnson. Those are three guys that are going way before anybody else thinks they're going. Um, in the sense that like, I don't care what the rankings are and things. Those are teams that everybody wants. And so whenever you get to these players that fit so many schemes and aren't just tied to, okay, this is only a 4-3 you know, wide nine guy or whatever, those guys can kind of do it all. And so I think those are the ones that are, are going to leave. You look at somebody, man, uh, you know, Boya Mafe, I really like him. But again, not so much in your first round range. Right. If that's somebody that falls in your second round, that's one of my targets that I had highlighted for you guys. Uh, that kind of makes sense. And again, I feel like any Alabama player, <laughs> you're like, all right, th- let's look at kind of where they fit. And so, again, my I'm looking at my second-round options for you guys. Mechie is underlined three times. And so, like, those are the type of guys. But, again, Edge, there's lots of guys there. Uh, Ojibo, I think, fits what you guys do as well. That um, might be a little early for him. But when so many people, and I, I can say this just from experience, you know, I turned the tape on to watch, uh, let's just say, Sauce Gardner, right? Like, 49ers have a huge quarterback need as well. So I'm watching Sauce, and I'm watching Sauce, and I'm watching Sauce, and then all of a sudden I start looking, man, who's this guy making all the plays on the other side? Holy shit, that's Kobe Bryant. Okay, where's Kobe Bryant go? And that's kind of 
you know, now everybody understands and knows who um, the Michigan guys are. And, you know, Ojibo deserves to be a first round grade of himself. But whenever you turn the film on and you're watching Aiden Hutchinson, you're just like, ooh, all right, who's this other cat? Right. I, I like this guy. I like this guy. And you guys, obviously, Winovich, uh, you know, Uche, there's a little bit of a pipeline there between, you know, Michigan and Bama Alabama's. Michigan. And, yep. Yeah, and Michigan. Why? If they're so good and they put out so much defensive line talent, why go outside? I mean, yep. hoping they, to see, hoping to see some more, some more from uh, from those two guys in Michigan. But yeah. you know, we'll see. So, yeah. all right, John, thank you so much for coming through, man. We uh, we really appreciate it. We love having you on. Like you said, it's been we've been doing this since I started podcasting. I've had you on uh, to talk to talk draft or or to talk, you know, whether it was a, a San Fran matchup or whatever the case may be. So, as way back in my. Uh, in my in my independent days when i was in when i was an underground <laughs> underground podcaster now big uh, time man but oh yeah you know no big deal so i think uh, dale was it dale tomat i think uh hooked us it was up. it hooked was us up. Shout dale out dale, man. He's yep. fantasy no doubt so um but yeah but thank you so much for coming on it should be a lot of fun and uh you know i would uh, we'll see we'll see what happens to jimmy g that you know you never know you never know we might get something back for him and then uh and then who knows what happens early in that in that second round or third round. And, uh, you know, we're really excited for those people that so – it, so it's 49ers Rush Draft Party.com? Sorry, 49ers Rush Road Trip. Road Trip. 49ers Rush Road Trip.com. We travel with the team all their away games. We throw parties. But this one's kind of like our big kind of we're, – we're pushing all the chips in. So it should be fun. That's awesome. That's great. It should be it should be a blast. And for those of you that can't make it, make sure you tune in uh, on the live stream as well. So um, that'll be that'll be great. So, John, thank you so much for coming through. We appreciate it, and uh, have have yourself a great night. All right, you guys take care. Appreciate y'all as always. All right, thank you, John. Thank you. you. All right, that was great. That was great. So, John came through. That was good. Love having him on. So, you know what time it is now. Oh yeah. And John talked about Alabama, Alabama, Alabama. I'll start it off with my prospect of the week, Um, Christian Harris out of Alabama. My Defensive draft crush. I've watched this guy for two years now at Bama. Every time I threw them on the TV, he just screamed Patriot to me. Um, 6'1", a little undersized for how they like him, but you know maybe they kind of trend away from sort of the height thing with trying to get a little bit more athletic. Weighed in at 226. Um, three-year starter for them, versatile linebacker, future Mike. Um, somebody that's kind of the quarterback out there, a leader of that front seven for Bama this year. Um, I think one of the best cover linebackers in the league uh, coming out of the draft. Uh, you watch his tape. He's flying around sideline to sideline, making plays in the flat, uh, in the second level. This guy is uh, exactly what you need at this position. Like I said, maybe a little bit undersized for the, how they typically like him, but uh, he's not N'Kobe Dean, which is Kyle Duggar cloned. Um, he certainly has the size to be able to play it. Um, if they were to go in that range, I think Harris is probably a, a top 50 pick. This might be a, you know, if they tend to trade back and pick up a two in a late, you know, an early three, maybe they can they can strike there. But uh, this is a guy that uh, premier, you know, like I said, pass rusher cover can sort of do it all. I think he vastly improves that linebacker room um, on day two of the draft. Love it. You got Alabama too. I mean, Alabama. Like, how? What, you know, what could, what can you ask for more than Alabama? Uh, so I'm gonna, I want to bring you back to 2004. The year was 2004. The Patriots held the 21st pick in the draft. And sitting at the 21st pick in the draft, a surefire top 10 to 15 player drops all the way to 21 because of concerns 
about him playing multiple, you know, not being on the field on third down or whatever the case may be. That person, of course, is Vince Wilfork. No stack of Vince Wilfork. And this year, a player just like Vince, maybe even more explosive, which is kind of hard to believe, Jordan Davis sitting out there at Georgia, lit the combine on fire. I mean, shows up 6'6", 341 at the combine, runs a uh, a, uh, a 478 at the combine. 478, yeah. 478, jumps 32 inches on the vertical, and then this broad jump was 10 feet 3 inches, 123 inches on the broad jump, almost a full foot more than any other defensive lineman. Just an absolute freak of nature, 34-inch arms. The guy's an absolute monster. And so, you know, you put him in the middle. You put him with Christian Barmore in the middle. You have Davis and Barmore in the middle. And you're looking at it saying, man, this kid, you know, who, again, ten to, in my opinion, should be a top 10 to 15 player. But I think he's going to drop because I think people are concerned about the fact that he's a nose tackle. And, you know, he did. Now, there were there was talk that he played 20 pounds heavier when he played at Georgia. So does he put on 20 more pounds and maybe isn't as explosive in New England? But the guy was an absolute monster when he played for Georgia, too. It's not like it's not like he was the combine warrior that, you know, no one knew. No, this guy was a stud coming out and then showed what he had athletically. Uh, So, you know. For the fat guys up front, man, I, I would I would love it. I don't know, you know, I, I don't know if it's the best use of of assets at twenty one, but it would be so much fun to watch him and Bob one in the middle together. Yeah, for day sure. One guy. Yep. So, all right, we've got, we've got all three levels of the defense covered. You, you went linebacker, Spags. You went D tackle, Pat. I got Andrew Booth Jr. out of Clemson. We talked about him earlier. I think Spags said it where. He might not be ready to be a number one guy right now, but in year two, you're fully expecting this guy to be locked down, number one corner, take the matchup on the on the, the best guy on the other side. Uh, six foot, 194, so he's the prototypical size that you look for out of a corner. He went into Clemson as an athlete, didn't have a positional designation because he played receiver and corner, ran track in high school, was an all-state track star. So I think he's still learning how to play cornerback. Uh, and it's kind of like Jacoby Myers when he got to New England. Like, he didn't know how to play wide receiver. He was just – he had the skills to be successful at it. Um, yeah. I'd say a, a little bit more of an upside than Jacoby Myers at wide receiver, but just a huge bit. upside on this guy. Um, and who better to teach him than Bill Belichick, like the greatest defensive backs coach other than Nick Saban, like of all time, you know? Um, just, just a really good, I think, an option. You're looking to replace J.C. Jackson. And like I mentioned earlier with Carolina, where they drafted J.C. Horn. They traded for Stephon Gilmore. They they had the number one for one year, in a, a, a big name guy with a rookie, and then year two, J, that's J.C. Horn's football team next year, or it's his secondary. So I think they could take a, a similar thing, you know, go out draft a, or sign a Casey Hayward, some somebody like that, for for one year, and then he's your guy in year two. Huge upside on this guy. So I, I think we all kind of were on the same track with defense, and then unreal upside. They can be superstars one day. I like it. I like it. Three three guys. Listen, we're we're six prospects in, and we got some really good prospects on here. So we'll see if we'll see if any of those guys get taken. But uh, but it'd I be looked fun. it up for for the potential grades for all three of our prospects that me and Spags have. All of them are A's, not A plus, but they're they're all the potential is at an Love A. It. Just really really good football players. Love it. Fantastic. So, uh, yeah, that's that's fun stuff. Um, I think that's it. We got we got story time. A little story time. I got a story. 
Oh, you do? I got one too. So why don't you go first and I'll and then I'll go. It's a quick one. So um Me too. It, it's yeah. been under the wraps. I haven't even told you guys about this. Had a job interview. Uh I'll let Ooh. you know what it is eventually, but had a job interview. I was told it was supposed to be Tuesday. So yesterday, yesterday morning at 9 30 a.m. while I'm getting ready for it, I get an email rescheduled for next Thursday. So tough tough break for your boy, a little nine day reschedule. Uh, Yikes. I got a lot of time to think and stew about this job interview. So yeah, uh, a tough morning yesterday. I, I was not having it. I would imagine not. I would imagine, especially you probably planned the day out, took work off, whole, the whole thing. You know what I mean? But The whole kit and caboodle. It was tough. Yep. Yep. So I got two two quick ones. Uh, shout out Fade Duchesne's, uh, Duchesne's tweeted out. I just want to go on the record and say I am unequivocally out on Ritter. My response to him was, like, you don't believe in ideals, in his ideals, or you thought he was a bad character? And his response goes, uh, he laughed and goes, I'm talking about Desmond Ritter. I thought he was talking about the Riddler from the Batman movie. <laughs> Completely wrong on that On that one. I'm like, oh. how could you not like the character? No, that's Desmond not Ritter what he Ritter would be the best pro out of this. this there's, he uh, might be. So Spags in on Ritter. Who cares, uh, who cares about Duchesne's. quarterbacks? We got one, so it doesn't matter. Good point. Uh, and then the other joke, the other thing I had today, today in math class, we're talking about uh, – Whatever we're talking about functions, and one of the functions was find the circumference using pi, blah blah, whatever whole thing. Okay, so circumference for those of you that don't know is is the uh, distance around a circle. Uh, and the and uh, one of the kids in class, I'm like, anyone know what the circumference is? You haven't learned about that yet. And one of the kids raises his hand, he's like, oh, I know what it is. I'm like, okay, eighth grade classroom should have expected it, but he, you know, he goes, oh, is it like circumcision? I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, like you cut something or something. I'm like, bro, Nailed what it. are you doing? You so, yeah, no. In the principal's office. Not the case. I'm like, well, that's good. That was, that's that, great. You gave him like the D Wade throw behind the back and he just did. LeBron yeah. jammed that, yeah, right? Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. I couldn't even be mad. I was like, what, what am I going to do? I can't be mad. You know what I mean? Like, I, what, what am I going to say? Oh, brother. You know, it's just eighth grade. It's like, eight, you can't say things. You can't like. Choose a number, never choose 69, ever. Don't do it, ever. You can't do it. You know what I mean? So uh, it is what it is. But anyways, that was my uh, – By the way, that was, yes. The Riddler was fantastic. The Batman, great movie. If I you haven't seen it, go see it. Spags doesn't like it because he doesn't like movies. Uh, but nope. Spags is don't have the attention span. His word. <laughs> but if you – Especially for Spags, it's like a three-hour movie. Spags is out on uh, that. I lose my mind. But uh, But yes, go into it. Watch it. Love it. It's amazing. Uh, oh, my God. Pattinson is so good. I'm actually – I saw it last weekend. I'm probably going to see it again this weekend. So I uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So anyways, that does it for us today. Appreciate you guys coming through. Uh, thanks for listening as always. Um, and don't – oh, John Chapman. I didn't mention John Chapman. At uh, JL underscore Chapman on Twitter uh, for those of you guys. And listen, I know it's a Patriot. I know he does 49er stuff. But, like, he's doing draft videos. Like all year, he's doing draft stuff all year long. Uh, posts a ton of videos. Spags mentioned it. Like he's always posting videos on Twitter. He's a great follow uh, just for the draft stuff alone. So, anyways, thanks for thanks for tuning in, guys. We appreciate it, and we will uh, we'll talk to you next week.